The beach is a space that is generally associated with sunshine, warmth, and good memories. Whether you're lounging in the sand or heading out on the waves, chances are that your beach experience is formed around your comfort, fun, and relaxation. All around the world, beaches have offered some of humanity's most treasured memories, but they can also be pretty dangerous. As time has taught us, some beaches are more dangerous than others. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's two-part episode, we're going to discuss Venice Beach, a beach in California that, alongside its surrounding area, has seen its fair share of crime throughout the years. This is part one. Instead of focusing on one specific case, I decided to explore locations instead. In 2021, Venice Beach was ranked as the most dangerous beach in the United States by the publication Outphoria. And the more that I started to look into it, the more I began to wonder if most of us realize the sordid histories that our favorite places have. So, what about Venice Beach is really so dangerous? Earning the title of Most Dangerous Beach isn't something that most beaches are going for. If anything, Jaws taught us that most public officials will probably do anything to keep their beach from looking dangerous, but it doesn't always work out that way, especially in high crime areas. Venice Beach is actually full of hazards, and not all of them are even crime-related. The risk of shark attacks, water pollution, and crime all come together to make Venice Beach a surprisingly dangerous place to be. And though some might point the finger at the growing amount of homeless people, it is important to note that Venice Beach has been a hotspot for crime and gang activity for literal decades. So, let's explore some of these cases. In 1990... Timothy Sanchez was walking along the beachfront walkway in Venice when he and his friends were confronted by some particularly dangerous people. These men were not subtle about their danger levels because they were openly brandishing weapons. It's unclear if the criminals simply intended to rob the men, but I suspect that these criminals might have been new to the whole crime thing. It seems that Timothy Sanchez was likely the victim of criminal panic when one of the attackers spontaneously shot him. He was pronounced dead upon his arrival to the hospital, and though police did find a gun, there was really nothing for them to go on. What started as a simple night out with friends ended as a tragedy that would shake a friend group to its core. In 1991, Venice Beach would experience yet another crime, but this one would be more prominent. The attention that this tragedy received was not just due to the nature of the crime, it was all about who the crime focused on. Joe Cole was the son of Dennis Cole and Sally Bergeron. 
Dennis Cole was a prominent film and television actor known for his roles in the 60s and 70s, and his love of performance in the industry must have spread to his son, Joe, because he kind of worked in it too. When Joe Cole was killed, he was working as a roadie for Hole, an alternative rock band that was just getting its start at the time. This crime didn't happen right on the beach, though a quick look at a map will show you that it was nearby and it's still considered Venice Beach territory. Joe Cole and his friend Henry Rollins were out at a Hole concert for the night, and afterwards they decided to swing by the local 24-hour grocery store. When they were walking home, they had plans to enjoy their snacks, I'm sure, but that didn't go as planned. The men were walking up towards their home when two strange armed men ran up to them. The men robbed them, demanding everything and anything that they had on them. Unfortunately, they didn't have a lot. The two men only had about $50 combined, and no one wants to risk a felony for only $50, even in 1991. In a bold turn of events, the robbers decided that the two men needed to make the crime worth their time and actually demanded that they walk into the house to get more money. Henry Rollins entered the house at gunpoint while Joe Cole stayed outside, also at gunpoint. No one knows exactly what happened, but we do know that something went wrong. Joe Cole was shot outside the home, and in the chaos, Henry Rollins was able to flee out the back door of his home and call police. They never found the men responsible for killing Joe Cole, but with the help of his friends and family, he was able to leave a legacy behind. His loved ones published a bunch of his writing and other work after his passing as a tribute, and Henry Rollins took it all one step further. He returned to the scene of the crime, to the dirt and the mud that had soaked up Joe's blood, and... Well, he went and dug up all that blood-soaked dirt, and he put it in a jar. He keeps it in his home as a way to keep Joe close, which is kind of like an urn, but somehow different in a way I can't explain. I think it goes to show that a walkable city might be good for the environment, but it does put us all at a little more risk. Joe and Henry only walked about a block to get home, but those few short minutes led them to people with some very dangerous plans. And I think what really got me about this was the audacity of this crime. The fact that these two criminals pushed for more money seems like the factor that ultimately got Joe killed in the end, but we'll never know. Henry seems convinced that they plan to murder them regardless, so it's possible that Joe might be the only reason that one of them survived it all. Venice Beach is often viewed as this picturesque place to show off your fashionable swimsuit or maybe go for a boardwalk run, but that's the modern iteration of this beach. Back in the 1920s, Venice Beach was a very different place. See, in 1920, something big happened. Prohibition officially began, and as we all know by now, it didn't really work. 
Sure, we made alcohol illegal, but really, alcohol stayed. It just went underground. And maybe sometimes it went out on the water. By now, you've probably seen enough movies to know that it was commonplace for people to have alcohol, and not just in their homes, either. Ritzy restaurants and local speakeasies also had forbidden beverages, and that meant something. It meant all of that illegal alcohol had to come from somewhere, and according to the stories of the time, it was coming from Venice Beach's piers. When the sun set and the beach was empty, it was common for rum runners, as they were known then, to smuggle cases of liquor into homes and local businesses. These individuals were bringing in alcohol in boats, sneaking it in, and selling it to the thirsty masses. In fact, the area was well known for its raids, and police caught a lot of people smuggling alcohol or even acting as lookouts for these rum runners. While we might not consider this to be the most heinous crime, and I think a lot of us think we would also go fighting if somebody tried to take away alcohol, I think a lot of adults look back at the prohibition thing and think that it was just the general population against the police, but it was actually a very dangerous business to be in. Full-on shootouts between government agents and rum runners were surprisingly common, so... This was definitely some important true crime at the time, even if it sounds silly to us now. Venice Beach is full of stories of mischief and mayhem. But if you want to hear more tales of Venice's chaos, you'll have to head over to part two, where we will discuss other crimes, murders, and the reason why not even ducks are safe in this famed area. Thanks, guys. 